Ladies and gentlemen, Fourth and Trollers, welcome back to Fourth and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we are back with another fire episode for you guys today. We got through Titans and Steelers. We celebrated some wins Personal wins, that is. We'll talk about that in just a second here. And we oh. got through, and now we're looking forward to week nine in bulk, starting bright and early on Sunday morning. It's going to be an exciting time. Wes, how you doing? I'm good. You know, not a lot to report since last episode. Feeling good. Um, I had players from last night's game that I also played against, so that's always a dilemma when it's like, uh, no, yeah. yes, stop, no, yes. Um, so we'll see how that turns out for me, but I'm doing yeah. well. How are you? I'm good, man. I, I, I uh, had some decent performances from Thursday Night Football, some good performances from Thursday Night Football, some garbage time pull-throughs from Thursday Night Football we're going to get to talk about in just a little bit. All in all, doing good. Excited for what is potentially a game of the year candidate on Sunday morning in Germany, Dolphins oh. Chargers. Should be a fun time there, seeing some teams that are just absolute units going at it with each other over there in Germany. So mm-hmm. that'll be <laughs> I don't I don't even rate that, that was out a of flawless 10, German accent. Rate that, yeah, rate that out of ten. Only out of ten? Oh, I, I, eleven. Oh. It was oh, it was a nine. It was a nine. It was a nine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Here we right. are. <laughs> Listen. We got a great show. We're going to do Thursday Night Recaps, Studs and Duds. You know our midseason reviews for the wide receivers and the tight ends for uh, fantasy football so far. It's going to be a fun time. Going to give you some news. Before we jump into that, make sure you're following us on all our social media below. Make sure you're doing all that. I love how hardcore you go just with this. I got to follow us on social sure media every time. I direct it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever actually gone to the YouTube page. And if you're at home, open up another tab and do this too. Go to the Fourth and Troll YouTube page. If you hover over the actual full-length episodes, almost every time the like three-second snippet is us just doing this. Every is time really? you go to the thumbnail, it's hilarious. Yeah, go That's check it funny. out if you have it. I love watching that. That's great. Well, listen, yeah, make sure you're following us on our socials. We're always dropping content for you on there, making sure we're having a good time and getting you getting you informed. And while you're doing that. Subscribe, like, ring that bell if you haven't yet. Drop us a comment. Let us know. Did you have anyone starting on Thursday night? Did you take a shot on Will Levis if you had to? Well, I hope not. We will get to that in just a little bit. First things first, Wes, let's talk about what was just an epic trade deadline and all the news about that and, and beyond. Oh, my gosh. Explosions everywhere. Okay, so... Pretty much all that happened was that Josh Dobbs was, in fact, traded to the Minnesota Vikings just as we had suspected it would be, just as we had hoped it would be. We're going to talk in a moment about all of the new starting quarterbacks for Week 9 and possibly beyond. Um, but up for this week, though, Kevin O'Connell say that they're still preparing for Jaron Hall to be the starter in case Josh Dobbs isn't ready in his turnaround. So expect that. But then going forward, it will be Josh Dobbs as the QB1. 
Last little bit of news here for the trade deadline. The Browns traded Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Detroit Lions. Chase Young and Montez Sweat were traded away from the Washington Commanders. Chase Young was traded to the 49ers. Good. They need more talent over there. Montez Sweat was traded to the Chicago Bears. That is it. That's all that happened for the trade deadline. little uh, underwhelming by some people's standards, but we got some big... Big quarterback conversations to talk about here. We're going to give a quick little piece on each of these details here. We're going to run through what has happened so far. The Las Vegas Raiders uh, pressed the reset button big time. Head coach Josh McDaniels was fired. GM Dave Zeigler was also fired. The interim head coach is going to be their linebackers coach, Antonio Pierce. They then also announced that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to the bench and they're going to ride Aiden O'Connell for the rest of the season. Now, also, Taylor Heineke will start for the Falcons on Sunday against the Vikings. Arthur Smith said it's just supposed to be this one-week thing, but we'll see how long-term this is. Let's go down the list, starting with Josh Dobbs, Noah. How does this affect people that have Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkins? Has changed the run game. What are you feeling, suspecting from this Vikings O? Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's an upgrade from what we thought it would be potentially with uh, with Mr. Hall. We were not looking forward to that, uh, just based off what was going on initially, based off of the Packers game. He had like two drives and turned the ball over once on him. So it was not great. But looking forward, Josh Dobbs was able to provide some fantasy relevance for Marquise Brown. We saw Trey McBride have a good game. We saw the running oh, yeah. backs have some decent work in the PPR game. So I Josh Dobbs is definitely it's it's not Kirk Cousins, but I think they'll be able to run this offense similarly to how they were running it when Kirk Cousins was under center. So with Josh Dobbs, I think we can all celebrate as Jordan Addison owners. For now, when Justin Jefferson returns, I'm going to be a little hesitant at times. It might be a matchup-dependent play, but for now, we're feeling okay as Jordan Addison owners. Yeah, I don't think it's a downgrade from Kirk Cousins. It's certainly not an upgrade, but I feel okay lining up everyone. But it will be very different when Jefferson is back because there's no rapport with the quarterback with Jefferson. Anything that we have for the next week or two is going to be with Addison. So who knows what Jefferson will do. Let's jump over to Taylor Heineke and the Atlanta Falcons. We're both, both probably going to agree. Taylor Heineke seems to be a more competent quarterback for the sake of fantasy for the Atlanta Falcons. I expect some upticks for not just Drake London, but hopefully Kyle Pitts. Maybe the passing game with even Matt Collins as a deep sleeper option. Maybe Bijan is able to get back involved. How are you feeling with Taylor Heineke? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling better. Than I was with Desmond Ritter. I think Taylor Heineke is kind of going to start playing like he doesn't really have anything to lose because I don't think he really does. He's in a situation yeah. where he is just doing what he wasn't planning on doing. So that's a good thing, I suppose. Uh, and so I think he'll take shots down the field. I think he will go ahead and I, I think he's going to be a little more risky or anything like that. So, um, I think there's an option here that the Taylor Heineke could improve this Falcons offense that could improve what's going on here as far as the fantasy relevance with 
Kyle Pitts with Drake London and those sorts of things. Dude, I don't know if you see what's going on right here. My chair is just sinking. What you got? My chair, my chair is just. I don't know if you've noticed. I've just, I've just started dropping in the frame. You know, I see it now. Yeah, you were a little bit taller. There you go. Dude, I was like up here reverse, to start, and I don't know what just, I looked. I, I started to feel a little bit of strain on my calves, and I was like, yeah. "What's oh going on here?" Yeah, I was like, what's happening? Dude, yeah. Heineke is incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, it's right. insane. Yeah, and. Let's move over to Las Vegas. Huge reset button. They're going to just move on to Aiden O'Connell. It seems like regardless, despite the contract and the deal they wanted for Jimmy Garoppolo, Aiden O'Connell, we've had some concerns with Devontae Adams. Jacoby Myers seemed to be doing well with Jimmy Garoppolo, but now that connection is gone. What are you feeling with Devontae Adams' owners? And do you think Aiden O'Connell provides any additional help than what Garoppolo could do for us? I, I think Devontae Adams' owners are happy. I think in the one game we saw from Aiden O'Connell, I think he pretty much was going first read, boom, Devontae Adams, here, give me the ball and let's go. Uh, and so I think this is potentially a benefit for Adams. I think he will see more targets, more work. I think Devontae Adams is a player that is impressionable, especially to a rookie quarterback. And so if Devontae sure. Adams looks at Aiden O'Connell and goes, no, I got this, you got me, go go ahead, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. And O'Connell's going to go, okay, and he's going to do it. So I think that's a that's an option there. I mean, two weeks ago we saw Will Levis just kind of chuck it up to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins there, and they made magic happen on the field. So we'll see what happens here. I think this is going to be a bit of a downgrade, unfortunately, for Jacoby Myers. In the one game we saw, Jacoby Myers was not very involved when Aiden O'Connell was the quarterback. And I think there's a little yeah. bit of an upgrade for Josh Jacobs, actually. Josh Jacobs saw like 11 targets or eight targets, something like that, in uh, over a 30% target share in the game with Aiden O'Connell against the Chargers earlier in the year. So Josh Jacobs should be involved in the passing game as well. When you have not as confident of a rookie quarterback, they're probably going to check the ball down a good amount, probably some design plays to the running back as well. So... It's going to be exciting stuff to watch for Jacoby, or, uh, sorry, for Josh Jacobs, for Devontae Adams. As far as Jacoby Myers goes, I'm a little bit worried. I feel the same. I hope that it does turn out to be in Devontae Adams' favor. And uh, one little bonus quarterback conversation to talk about. It may be Clayton Toon yep. on Sunday for the Arizona Cardinals. It may be Kyler Murray, but either way, it is likely going to be Kyler Murray for the rest of the season. How are we feeling for the wide receiver room? Because pretty much up to this point, it's been irrelevant, except maybe Marquise Brown on occasion. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling a lot better about Marquise Brown whenever Kyler Murray does return. Feeling better about Michael Wilson whenever Kyler Murray returns. Feeling better about Trey McBride whenever Kyler Murray returns. I think this offense gets an entire uptick whenever Kyler Murray is back running the offense. As far as this week against the Cleveland Browns, if it's Clayton Toon, I'm going to be a little bit worried here. So reports, oh, yeah. beat writers are saying it's sounding like it's going to be Toon. And uh, it's not going to be pretty for the for the Cardinals skill players if that is the case. Yeah, that's a good way to close it out. If it is Clayton Toon, let's just assume that no Cardinals skill players are worth starting. If it is Kyler Murray, we'll take a shot, even though, you know, Miles Garrett is playing as, at an unbelievable pace this year so we'll see what happens that's our take here on fourth and troll let's finish up the news here baby we got a couple more things going on darren waller is expected to be out multiple weeks and even worse it could even be an ir designation for him 
Matthew Stafford is also expected to be out multiple weeks, but he is not expected to go on injured reserve. Damian Pierce missed Wednesdays and Thursdays practices. You may be wondering why Devin Singletary was trending in some of your waiver wire uh, pools on your platforms. Well, that's because Damian Pierce is likely not going to play on Sunday. Devin Singletary, who's been already in a snap uh, split backfield with the Texans and with Damian Pierce, is probably going to have that all to himself on Sunday. We'll see if Pierce is going to miss any more time. This is an ankle injury, by the way. Drake London has missed some practices this week with a groin injury. He is going to be questionable for their game against Minnesota. That also does add an impression for Taylor Heineke. Saquon Barkley admitted that his high ankle sprain that he suffered from week two is just going to linger and it's going to stay there and he's going to have to play through the entire season with his pain. So that tag is going to show up a lot. It's going to be part of this season, but he feels fine. It's just going to be part of his 2023 campaign. Last two, uh, three pieces of news here. Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, you've probably heard of him. He's been limited in practice a lot this week. He did have a full participant uh, yesterday on Thursday. But this is because of that shoulder injury he dealt with on that Thursday night game last week against the Buccaneers. All signs do point to him playing Sunday. But Sean McDermott did want to add the confidence assurance that Everything feels right. The doctors are helping him play. Now, of course, in the event that Josh Allen does not play, it's not just swap him out because they're playing Sunday night. So Kyle Allen would be the backup for Buffalo if Josh Allen does not play. Or if you want probably a more reliable, believe it or not, option, you can always pick up Zach Wilson for Monday night. This is just in the event Josh Allen is not ready to go. Debo Samuel is expected to play after their bye week this week. He will be hopefully a good addition to that Niners three-game losing streak. And last piece, last night we saw a very scary injury with Traylon Burks. He suffered a head injury. He's kind of just on the field for a long time, brought out a stretcher, put him in an ambulance. He does have movement in all of his extremities. He is alert, and he actually walked out of the locker room on his own after the game. Very good news. Still a scary situation. We'll keep you posting anything that we know next time. That is it for the news. Now let's talk about this interesting Amazon Prime matchup between the Tennessee Titans and the Steelers and what we learned. Yeah, let's do it. Listen, you got through yet another Thursday night football game. Somehow, it is Panthers at Bears next week, you guys. I don't know how this happens. It's almost like they do this on purpose. It's almost like the NFL schedule makers are like, they just like hate Jeff Bezos. And they're like, so they're like, you know what? Let's just give them yeah. terrible games. That sounds like a great idea. Matchups possible. It is just a bad matchup after bad matchup. But hey, let's jump into it. Reviewing our must starts, rookie starts, and don't starts. As you remember, we did our joint must starts, rookie starts, and don't starts. We actually just both agreed on all three of these. So our joint must start, hey, Deontay Johnson. 22 fantasy points, seven catches on nine targets for 90 yards. He gets in the end zone for the first time in 26 games. Wow. We did it, baby. We made it back. We made it back and only signs of great things to come. I mean, Deontay is clearly, even after the injury in the beginning of the year, the alpha wide receiver, the top target for Kenny Pickett on this team. So George Pickens will maybe have his here and there, but, not so uh, not so great of games for George Pickens since Deontay Johnson has returned. So we'll have to see what happens there. 22 fantasy points. You'll love to see it. 
Risky start, DeAndre Hopkins. Hey, I'm not going to turn my nose up at 11 targets, all right? Will Levis does seem to be looking for his guy, DeAndre Hopkins, early and no often. Doubt. Four catches for 60 yards. Okay, that's that's all right. Like well, we can we can handle that. We can deal with that. 10.5 fantasy points. We'll be okay. We'll be all right with DeAndre Hopkins. It's not always going to be a three touchdown game, but this is this is good. This is. I remember in the game against, I believe it was the Colts. We said, I don't know if he's going to see 11 targets again this season. And hey. He saw it again here with Will Levis on, uh, on primetime football. It could be a good thing for DeAndre Hopkins here to come after this season. I'm sure you're fine with 10.5 points from DeAndre Hopkins if you've been working with him all year. And then our don't start was Will Levis, DeAndre Hopkins quarterback. Listen, 8.68 fantasy points. We're not thrilled, you guys. Obviously, I know some people were on a bye week. Some people had to roll him out. It was a rough week for some people at the quarterback position. I was considering it at some point. I'm in a league where Trevor Lawrence is on his bye week, and I just didn't know who to be playing right now, and there was no one really great on the on the waiver wire. I considered Will Levis. I settled for Mac Jones. So we'll see how this goes hey. for me this week. It's, hey, against the Washington Commanders defense with none of these uh, big D linemen anymore, Mac Jones put up like over 15 fantasy points each of the last – three or four weeks. So I don't know. We'll see what happens here, but I'm glad I did not start Will Levis. And I listened to us. Good. Good move. <sighs> not pretty, but I will say they seem to be fine with him throwing the football. He threw nearly 40 passes like it, in, in a game that it wasn't like, Oh, they need to be catching up the entire time. I figured dude would throw like 25 balls tonight and they would rely on Derrick Henry in the run game. and Derrick Henry would get, 25, 30 carries. Nope. Will Levis seemed to the the game plan does seem to be just let him let him rip it. Let him throw the ball. And so yeah. puts a little bit of that mayo touch in there and just throws the ball nearly 40 times. Okay. I don't even know what mayo touch is. Did you like, did you let's not let's not get into that. <laughs> I don't want to read the comments on that. But okay, did you hear Al Michaels debunk that? Okay, Al Michaels talked about like, so you put mayonnaise in your coffee and you eat the banana peel. He goes, no, it's all just a joke. It's for publicity. Did you hear Al Michaels say that? What a I think sham. I missed that. What a complete fraud, a hoax, a fluke, a, a bamboozle artist. I'm so mad about this because literally in the second quarter, I was like, shoot, I might for fun in this episode actually drink coffee with mayonnaise and just that'd be a good clip. Wow. That'd be that'd be a great viral clip. And then I find out not even he does it. And you know yeah. what he got in return? Like a lifetime supply from a mayonnaise company because <laughs> he did this. What a, I what a joke. I guess I'm that's so, the kind I'm of brand so deals you have to strike as a as a second round pick in the NFL draft. I guess you just get mayo deals instead of a Nike shoe deal. <laughs> yeah. You just get mayo deals. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Roger Dukes. Dukes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, what a, why do we? Why do we New both know different bottle. I know. Why, like, <laughs> welcome back to Fourth Drill Fantasy. We're, today we're reviewing the top ten mayo brands, and uh, oh my gosh, telling you why Power Miracle rankings. Whip is BS. Yeah, there you go. It is BS. Anyway, Will gosh. Levis, eight point anyway, six eight eight point seven fantasy points. Threw the ball a lot. Like, it, it, 
obviously is the pick at the end of the game trying to get the ball to the end zone. It's it's not great. You want to see him run the ball a little more. He may not be the answer. He may not be the answer that, that they need, but he may be able to provide some fantasy relevance for DeAndre Hopkins. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But those are most starts, risky starts, and don't starts. Let's just go through a few more of the performances here. Derrick Henry had a good game. 19.5 fantasy points. You're excited oh, yeah. about that if you're a Derrick Henry owner. He obviously he had the one. Dude, that catch and run. Uh, first off, I don't know how Will Levis got that ball out. That was impressive in and of itself. Like I saw some impressive things from Will Levis on Thursday Night Absolutely. Football. But, uh, you know, he had the Pittsburgh D-line just running at him the entire night. So, and and an, and an, oh, sorry, real quick, and an offensive line that wanted nothing to do with playing with him in that game. Oh, my uh, gosh. Good. Before halftime, like four of the starting linemen all like gone down with injury. It was, I just didn't know what yeah. was going on. Absolutely they were ridiculous. They obituary there. at halftime. Yeah, yeah, they did a ring of honor ceremony for all of them. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what this means for for Derrick Henry. But at least on Thursday night football, nineteen point five, you're pretty happy with seventy five rushing yards on seventeen carries and a touchdown. He was involved in the passing game. It seemed to be a decent decent usage for him on on uh, Thursday night in this new look Titans offense. Exciting stuff to see there. Tajay Spears, the backup running back, somebody that we've been excited about. Six targets, pretty good in the PPR game, but only four yards on four catches there. So that wasn't great. It seemed like it was a little bit of a maybe some some post uh, some some post prime Ben <coughs> Roethlisberger dump off to Najee Harris. It was kind of like a all right, you got the snap. Oh, there's Gigi Watt. Okay, and then he just did the okay. Yeah. Here you go. And uh, some also, some screen passes that went, were like he lost like ten yards on like stuff like that. So. Right. I don't know. We'll Spears see. Spears is 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 talented. He's a good player. He's going to probably be with the Titans when Derrick Henry leaves at some point in his mm-hmm. life. But I feel like Tajay Spears' fantasy relevance took a huge drop as soon as the trade deadline ended because that was why a lot of people were holding on to him and yeah. even drafted him is they thought that Derrick Henry was going to be shipped out of Tennessee. Well, there goes Derrick Henry with 17 carries yet again and the rushing score. And obviously he's the goal yeah. line back. So... I don't know if Tajay Spears is going to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I think he, he's not droppable. He's not a drop candidate because obviously, if Derrick Henry does go down with an injury per se or whatever, right? Uh, Tajay Spears will be very valuable, and and he's still involved. He's still at 11 opportunities as the and and, and I don't exactly know the snap share, but he, he was on the field a decent amount. He was on the field for pretty. I think the entire two minute drill. At the end of the game, he was the back there. So I think yeah. he's still worth rostering. It's it's it may be a, like a spot start kind of thing. I mean, if he maybe converts a touchdown here, it's a fine night. So he's probably a touchdown dependent flex. And then if Derrick Henry were to get injured, some better things to come there. But I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens here. I, I'm I'm interested to see what what the future may look like for Tajay Spears, especially post Derrick Henry. So. Better days to come, I believe. Uh, Kyle Phillips, hey, random name there, but got involved in the last couple drives, 10.8 fantasy points. Not fantasy relevant. We might talk about it on Fluker for real. We'll give you a preview now. Fluke, there you go. Boom, knock it out of the park. Easy. That's all I got to say. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Kenny Pickett, 12.3 fantasy points for Kenny Pickett. He ran the offense fine. I'll say that. He ran the offense fine. Not fantasy relevant. He got them a win, but... 
not what you want in your fantasy lineup. 12.3 isn't great. Obviously, it gets down to Johnson the touchdown. It is what it is. There you go. George Pickens. We talked about him. 1.9 fantasy points. Oh, boy. I think he is taking a hit from Deontay Johnson returning. Two catches, yeah. only five targets. Negative one receiving yard on the night. 1.9 fantasy points. Jacoby Myers did better than him on one target last week. I'm Yeah, Pickens owners are a little worried, I think. I mean, I, I personally am not a George Pickens owner. I think that George Pickens owners everywhere are a little concerned. The offense, I, I don't know how this team is 5-2. I can't, I, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. The team does not look very good. I, don't, I haven't looked at their schedule or no who idea. all their opponents have been. I know they lost to the Texans. The team doesn't look very good. I, I, it's a, Mike Tomlin is incredible. He needs to be a coach of the year candidate yeah. at this point with what he's been able to do with this team. It's been, it's been very interesting. Yeah. Anything else on George Pickens, Wes? He had a touchdown that he barely didn't get his uh, other foot in. That is true. So it is, it is possible that George Pickens is going to be a sneaky flex option, especially in 12-man leagues or if you're in yeah. a uh, multi-flex option league, I wouldn't rule him out or if you need to line up three wide receivers. But yeah. point being, Deontay Johnson has emerged. He has returned yeah. to his He's back. 2021 form. Yeah, 100%. Najee Harris. All right. Here's a conversation to have. Oh, yeah. Because uh, 15.6 fantasy points, 16 for 69 and a touchdown, two catches on four targets. in the pa- Four targets in the passing game is great. <sighs> Najee Harris looked good. Like, it, wasn't, it yeah. wasn't just the production numbers. Najee Harris looked good. Kirk Herbstreet said it at one point in the broadcast. He was like, he looks like he has more energy than he has in a while. And I was like, you're right, Kirk. He does look like he has more energy than he has in a while. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was the thrill of going up against Bigfoot himself, Derrick Henry, and he was just, I got to out running back this guy tonight. I don't know what it was, but he was running well, nearly five yards of carry, a touchdown. Involved in the passing game. He seemed to be enjoying himself. He dropped one of those passes. They still did a close-up, and he was just laughing about it. Like, it was like, okay, I don't know what's going on with this guy. But, but okay. Like, this is something here. It's, It's especially interesting because, you know, who also did pretty well is his running mate, Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren, yeah. It, we might be looking at a legit two-headed monster in, in Pittsburgh, man. This might be a real potentially, thing. Especially because I think I was so I was so worried coming into this matchup for these two guys. The Tennessee Titans are no joke in the run defense. But but recently we've seen it was like Zach Moss had a good game against them. Oh, all right. Like that's that's pretty interesting. And I can't remember who else it was. We saw somebody else have a good game. Uh, against against the Titans recently in the run game. And then both of these guys, Jalen Warren as well, 14.2 fantasy points. He doesn't even find the end zone, just 11 carries for 87 yards. That's incredible efficiency. He was running very yeah. well. 
And then three catches on, for 25 yards and, and three targets there. There might be a tandem here. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't end up getting rid of Jalen Warren on his bye week. He was an option for me when I was looking at waiver wire, and I thought, I don't know how much I trust Najee. I think Jalen Warren still can take over. And then Najee still plays well, and Jalen Warren plays well. Like they, they, I hope yeah. Matt Canada looks back at this game and goes, okay, what went well? Because these guys really helped us move our offense. Kenny Pickett didn't have to do a lot, and we still won. Oh, and by the way, we're 5-2. and two. What the hell? How is this team five and two? This is so confusing. This is so confusing. I don't understand. You're a game behind the Ravens. Insane. Insane. Uh, Sorry, I could be. I could be wrong. They might be five and three. They might be five. They are five and three. That's right. They they lost last week. To the Matt Canada storyline too is that this was the first time that he actually left the booth where a lot of the coordinators sit he was on the field with them and he was involved maybe that's going to change and 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 people have been pointing out over the last couple of weeks that like hey matt canada may have been responsible for a lot of the first half of this first half of the season first few games but like you look and sometimes pickets just inaccurate or sometimes a wide receiver just doesn't get their feet in bounds or Najee Harris just drops the ball. Like it's like, well, you can't blame the coordinator on that. That's just yeah. human error. So it it may there may be something happening there. Mike Tomlin's magic continues to find ways for the Steelers to win. And I think we legitimately have two decent fantasy options for running backs with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Yeah. Last thing I'll say on the Steelers here. I don't remember exactly which episode it was, but Wes, I don't know if you remember, a few few episodes ago, maybe four or five or six episodes ago, we were talking about just how bad Najee Harris looked. Just how bad he was playing. And, yeah. and something I said was, if I can find one silver lining on this, one little glimmer of maybe things will shift, it's that since, since two quarters into week one, they have not been playing without arguably their best offensive player, Deontay Johnson. And so maybe that's what's going on with this offense. Maybe that's why Najee Harris hasn't been playing as well. Maybe the scheme they schemed up all offseason is just not in play because they don't have Deontay Johnson on this field. Well, we're two weeks into the season, into Deontay Johnson being back now, and and Najee Harris has two rushing touchdowns. It's it maybe. Yeah. Maybe something is happening here. Maybe something you is know, happening. I don't know if this was if that if that was the case, but maybe, maybe the offense that we heard about in the preseason, that we watched in the preseason, we went, oh my gosh, Kenny Pickett is going to be incredible. The Steelers' offense is going to be insane. Maybe they're back. Maybe they just needed Deontay Johnson. I I will say that if this was in our fluke of for real segment, I would go into the next week calling this for real. I think I would too. I need to look at their schedule and see who they have next week. But I think both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are worthy flex plays or better going forward until wow. they prove us wrong again. We'll see. I don't know. It's it's going to be exciting, man. I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy stuff. Actually, oh my goodness, this stuff. is this is three weeks now with Deontay Johnson back. That Najee Harris has scored a touchdown each of the three weeks. Didn't he score a touchdown last week? Oh. And, he scored, and he scored a touchdown against the Rams. I'm almost Allow certain. Need to fact check this. Uno momento, poor favor. Oh my goodness. 
Let me type. Let me type it in real time research because we gotta just check to see. No, okay. so it wasn't last week, but the week before. Right. But it's been fifteen point eight, and then ten and a half, and then yeah. last night fifteen point six. So top twenty four running yeah. back each of the last three weeks for Najee Harris. Hey, maybe something's gonna happen there. Last thing on Thursday night football, just because I have to, I gotta point it out. My man Chigo Conquo in garbage time saved my tight end position play for the week. I I, I have guys like you know I love Darren Waller. I had to figure something out here. I went, you know what, Chico Conquo, screw it, let's go. And Chico Conquo, I'm like dreading the pick all game long. And then their last drive, he gets three catches for 30 yards and the end zone target. The end zone target that almost got picked off. Oh my goodness, that was just, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my goodness. We salvaged 5.8 points there. So if you started Chico Conquo with me, you know I love how much I love him. So funny. We did it. We made it out. Listen, that's Thursday night football. We got we got another one next week, sadly. Oh good. We'll make it through together. We'll make it through Panthers at Bears together. Please let Justin Fields be back. Can't take another game of Tyson Bajan. Get him out of here. <laughs> Anyways, listen, let's do our studs and duds, Wes. Studs and duds, as you guys know. People that we think are going to exceed expectations and people that we think are going to disappoint you in week nine of fantasy football. I'm excited to share my stud. Let me clear my throat for a moment. <clears throat> Which is for while you do that, we don't know each other's studs and does. This will be our real time first blush reaction to see if we line up fourth and Joel double down or if these are two, four, maybe total different people. Yep, definitely. Listen, my stud. My stud for, what are we in? Week nine. I don't know why I just forgot that. My stud for week nine is Daryl Henderson Jr. Now listen, I think this Rams offense with potentially no Matthew Stafford is going to have to lean on the run game pretty heavily. I don't know how much Brett Rippon is going to be able to do here in the passing game against the Packers. But the Packers are allowing the sixth most fantasy points to running backs this season. And uh, they actually gave the Minnesota Vikings their first rushing touchdown of the year last week. Henderson has been very involved in this Rams offense since he got a call from his couch, apparently, just being like, hey, it's time. Come back out of, you know, your home and join us on the football field and he's gotten 35 touches over the last two weeks he seems to be having the trust of uh one sean mcveigh in this offense if they do not have matthew stafford i think daryl henderson is going to be a very solid option and even if they do have matthew stafford i think he can still be a mid to high end rb2 this week for your fantasy football team i've got him in some lineups it's, it's not by Necessarily by choice. I have some people on bye weeks and some people on IR, but I am not I'm not worried playing Daryl Henderson this week. I think he actually has a very good opportunity. Really good matchup here. I know Royce Freeman had the touchdown last week against the Dallas Cowboys, but Daryl Henderson does seem to be the PPR running back on this team. And just before Royce Freeman did score that touchdown, Daryl Henderson also had a goal line carry just in which he did not score on against the Dallas Cowboys defense. So 
I'm looking forward to playing Daryl Henderson this week. I think I think he's going to be a d- really solid play in fantasy, a high-end RB2. He is my stud for Week 9. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll bite on that because it is a different. It's going to be a different quarterback under center. Um, just for fun, Brett Rippon was uh, in place of Russell Wilson last year for the Denver Broncos when Russ missed some time, and there was immediate That's controversy. Right. Immediate controversy because he uh, actually looked fine, and and last That's year Russ right. looked terrible. So so. Yeah. He, he he's he's gonna do well enough to kind of help the Rams stay in that game, uh, no matter what's yeah. going on. But yeah, I, I I mean it's just it's also the situation we've got some high high powered running backs on a bye week this uh, yeah. for week nine. We've got CMC, yeah. Travis Etienne, Jameer Gibbs coming off his monster Monday night game, and then yeah. speaking of Broncos, maybe if you're feeling good about the way Javante Williams played against the Chiefs, you don't have him again this week. So. You can certainly do a whole lot worse. Like, I would have rather yeah. started Daryl Henderson than Tasha Spears if I had that opportunity. It's too late now to right. make that decision, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, Henderson may have an opportunity to, to uh, punch one into the end zone. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Do you know what times. his projection is? Uh, I believe he is around 12 points. Around 12 points. So, I think if 60 and a touchdown, I think, he, I think he'll do a little – little more than that there. The, the the Packers are bad. The Packers are real bad. They're and not so great. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think if he can he get can a couple be, catches too. He'll get closer to 15. Yeah, I think I he'll think land around the 15. Ton. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll land okay. around the 15 point mark there. So I think it's you'll you'll be you'll be happy if you played Daryl Henderson this week. So Wes, hit me with Fantastic. your stud for week nine before we talk about some poopy guys. I genuinely thought we were going to double down on this stud. Um, but th- that gives me the confidence that we both are going to agree on this. My stud for this week is going to be Ramondre Stevenson. This feels like a Ramondre Stevenson show at times. But let's just double down on this, baby, because it's pretty straightforward. I know we believe in him. We've been talking about his name a lot. Maybe there's some preseason bias thinking that he was going to be a top 10 running back. And we see how how efficient he is, but let's just go over the obvious. No Montez Sweat, no Chase Young, no problem. It's going to be great. I got some fun numbers here about how much of a contribution Montez Sweat and Chase Young were to the commanders because it then just adds some context, some head-scratching statistics like why on earth did they not, why did they get rid of not just one of them, but both of them? So. Sweat and Young were top two on the Commanders for sacks. They were their sack leaders. They were top two in quarterback hits for the Commanders. Top two in tackles for a loss, which is the biggest one I'm going to mention here in a second. And Montez Sweat led the team in forced fumbles. Now, they were eighth in tackles for a loss heading into this week with 42 on the season. Eight, eighth in the league, 42 total tackles for a loss, which is great. Montez Sweat is second in the NFL with 10 tackles for a loss. Chase Young has six, and together they uh, contributed to almost half of their total tackles for a loss. You take away what they've done, wow. they are by far dead last. Dead last tackles for a loss. Mm-hmm. Their combined, combined D-line, the starting D-lineman for the commanders for tackles for a loss is... Let me do the math again. 16. 
just wow. as many as Chase Young and Montez Sweat have together. Yeah. One more fun thing. Their leading tackler is a strong safety, Cameron Curl. That doesn't yeah, say Curl. a whole lot for the defense if uh, your yeah. strong safety is leading the team in tackles. So just a little – we're going old school here, giving some defensive statistics as to why you can start Ramondre Stevenson in the midst of these heavy running back bye weeks, even if you don't have a running back on a bye week. I think Stevenson should be rolled out because you can at least give this an opportunity to call it now or never for Ramondre. Because after this, it is a sweet, juicy schedule for this guy. So if he can't do it with this, trade him, I guess. Yeah. He's my stuff for this week. I, I love it. I love it a lot. I think this is going to be a fantastic play. And I and I actually think that Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott both could have very solid weeks as this kind of tandem backfield here. Oh, sorry. I was you, just agreeing you just with point? you. Oh, I was like, I was point- go, no, no. go. No, I was just, because you were saying Ezekiel Elliott, I was going to say that's someone that I would throw in. I would throw in yeah. as a desperate flex. Zeke is going to, I think Zeke's going to find the end zone this week too. I, I do too. And I think this is a game that, <clears throat> listen, the, the Patriots offense has been playing better than they were at the beginning of the year. And against a poor Washington defense, I think the Patriots could be up in this game. I think they could be running the ball a lot. I think they're going to do I think they're going to do a good job here getting Ramondre the ball, getting one of their best playmakers the ball, and watch out for Pop Douglas as well. It's going to be a fun time watching that offense, seeing what they might yeah, have baby. in Demario Douglas. So good stuff to come there. I'm going to hit you with a dud. And uh, I, okay. I alluded to it a little bit during the news. But Marquise Brown is a dud in week nine. Listen. Maybe this week, a wide receiver versus the Cleveland Browns that I claim to be a dud actually will be a dud. Because last (laughs) week, that surely was not the case with Tyler Lockett. But Marquise Brown is going to be a dud this season. Sorry, this not this season, uh, this week. Clayton Toon, or they, they signed Jeff Driscoll to the active roster. I believe one of the two of those guys are going to be starting at quarterback against the Cleveland Browns. If for no other reason than I think they might look at Kyler and go, you want to come back for Cleveland? And go, no, I'll pass. I'll, I'll, I'll wait out yeah. Cleveland. Uh, I'll, I'll wait out for uh, for a better matchup here. Uh, like I said last week, the Browns allow the fewest points to fantasy wide receivers. They're a fantastic defense. They are arguably the best defense in the league. I just do not trust either Jeff Driscoll or Clayton Toon or, or potentially even if it is Kyler Murray to – get Marquise Brown the football enough for him to be a difference maker in this game against Cleveland. He has one game over 65 receiving yards this season. It's not fantastic, but I do believe whenever Kyler Murray returns, he will be a good option. If you're in a situation where uh, you need some you need some help at the wide receiver spot, maybe the, after this week it's a buy low situation on Marquise Brown. Whenever Kyler returns, they should have that best friend syndrome going on. Should be back into a good spot there. But for week nine, Marquise Brown is a dud. I'm going to put Marquise Brown in my starting lineup real quick because that's how it goes here on fourth and Right, stroll. exactly. Duds yeah. To just boom. So done. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's yeah, exactly how but it goes. It, it's, I mean, Tyler Lockett, I feel. <laughs> If Kyler Murray does happen to start, I would consider it. But 
No, I'm not going to count on Clayton Toon against the Cleveland Browns defense to nope. help me get Marquise Brown into the end zone and yeah. it's 70 yards. That just doesn't seem likely. So, yeah, it feels like a pretty easy dud and quick bench for the week nine. Yeah, Fair enough. 100%. Good call. Yeah, I'm, count- I'm counting on Clayton Toon's post-game press conference for the first question. He just answers, blue. And then they're like, what? And he's like, I just, <laughs> no. sorry, I remembered the color of the sky because I was looking at it a lot yeah. on my back. And Miles Garrett was screaming at me. Should I have explained yeah. the joke or should I just let it ride? I, I feel like no, I, I like I, 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 well, when you said blue at first, I thought you were just like calling him dumb. And I was like, oh, oh okay, that's a, that's kind of rude. But then you met me. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then you got it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's clever. I get it. I get what you're doing. Here. Guys, all right. I'm going to Because he's looking at the sky so much because he's getting sacked all the time. You get <laughs> it? You, you get it? Because he's funny. dummy. Okay. So <laughs> all right, I'm going to with my dud for week nine here. Also, kind of aforementioned in our news segment about a running back that is likely not going to play. I'm going to say Devin Singletary is a dud for the week. Mm. And it's the Texans offense is just not going to get it done on the ground game. They have not done this on the ground game. I really shouldn't be saying this because you're starting Devin Singletary against me, one of our leagues, Noah. And I might convince yeah, I was gonna, you to start I was going to do better. your same joke, but then I just realized that I already have the like, lineup. So you actually do that. Yeah. So yeah. here's the deal. Uh, Singletary, 67th in the NFL for yards per carry. Okay. Um, he has a 77% catch rate, which is 76th of all running backs alone. Uh, Texans are 25th in rushing yards. And they're playing the Bucks, who have allowed the 24th most points to running backs or... In other words, they've allowed the eighth fewest. And on top of that, Vita Vea is back. So I know Damian Pierce is out, but like Damian Pierce wasn't even a starting running back for fantasy right now. So I I just don't think you should start him. And I I mean I just had to think because it was like I was gonna I was gonna give suggestions, but that's what you are gonna do. That's what you need. You need suggestions to beat me this week in our game. But I will say, I would start Ezekiel Elliott over Devin Singletary. I would start Daryl Henderson over Devin Singletary. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of other running backs I would I would slot in. Um, Kareem Hunt, even if Jerome Ford is back, like I, I mean, it's just it's it's not it's not it's not the move. What about uh, what about uh, Jarek McKinnon or uh, Kenneth Gainwell or? Uh... Or Josh Kelly, or Chase Edmonds, or I feel like I'm making a mistake with starting Devin Singletary now. Uh, but I'm in a situation where I, I'm kind of screwed. Like I don't really have an option. Yeah. I've, 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 I'm, my running back spot in this league has not been fantastic. What just did I? Did I do something unfortunate? I thought I had. Oh no, my running backs really are just bad in this league. I'm gonna go pick them up. No, my running backs really are just this bad in this league. For some, I, I got confused, and I thought I had, I thought I had Kyron Williams in this league, but I do not. Yeah, my options are uh, Devin Singletary, Roshan Johnson versus the Saints, uh, Amari DiMarcado versus the Browns, and he hasn't practiced for two days. Um, Miles Sanders, Roshan. I I would, Sanders, I, I would yeah, take a yeah. shot on Roshan Johnson. 
You know why? Because in doing the research on the commanders for tackles for loss, Saints are worst in tackles for loss on the season. Mm. Yeah. Four targets was nice to see last week in his first game back. I We'll see what happens here. Because of this, I, gonna, I want you to subscribe. I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, listen, I'm not excited. About starting Devin Singletary, but I think I'm probably going to have to stick with him. I think he, I, I, I don't like the Texans' run game, but I, I think if he is the, if he Nobody is a running does. back that is going to be guaranteed touches, have the RB one spot at least for the week. I think I have to, but I, I am with you. I'm not excited about this, this play. So. Right. Tune in on Tuesday to see what happened because we will we'll, we'll see what he does. You and I go up against each other in a couple leagues this week, actually. So yeah. it'll be it'll be Very interesting. Fun. We'll have to see what happens. But yeah, Devin Singletary, I'm not thrilled about. So definitely a dud candidate for sure. I'm hoping he just falls into the end zone. That's my that's my hope. We'll see what happens here. Listen, on Tuesday we did quarterbacks and running backs. Today we are doing wide receivers and tight ends for our mid season review, looking at where we ranked guys coming into the year, where they're ranked right now. Let's talk about it because we definitely had some uh, had some some wins, some, some losses here, some injuries that held us back. But we'll jump into it right here. This is full PPR standard, uh, full PPR scoring. So, uh, Wes, I'm going to jump in to your top ten wide receivers uh, on on yeah. the on the season where you ranked them coming into the year. At number 10, you had Philadelphia Eagles superstar A.J. Brown at number 10. Oh. Top 10 wide receiver easily. I don't think anyone foresaw this sort of success. I know I didn't have him where he is. He is currently wide receiver two on the season, maybe thanks to some injuries, yeah. maybe thanks to some other things, but he has been outright tremendous this year. No yeah. doubt about it. At wide receiver nine, you had Mr. Devontae Adams. He's only at wide receiver 13. I was shocked to see. I thought he was definitely a lot further down that list, but we can tell by your face we're not thrilled with Devontae Adams this year either. No. Hopefully O'Connell not very turns exciting. it around for him. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, at number eight, you had Jalen Waddell. He's wide receiver 24 right now, but has been coming on strong the last couple weeks. I believe he just yeah. took a few weeks to get tuned in here i know he was injured one week he was out i know he's been in and out of games with injury jail waddle's been looking pretty good the last couple weeks Devonta smith you has your wide receiver seven and he's wide receiver 22 and i'm shocked to see that he's there if i'm being honest i don't I, I think high, there's been yeah. a, a couple spike weeks for Devonta smith yeah, I thought he would be amazing, obviously, and that's why I thought A.J. Brown would be even lower had I known right. that Devonta Smith was definitely the number two. Yeah, A.J. Brown would be right. as high as you had him. You had him as fifth. Yeah, I was pretty high up there. Yeah, I was pretty high up there, and even that was too low, yeah. Uh, at six, West, you had Garrett Wilson. My goodness, this one has an asterisk next to it. He is wide receiver 31 with Zach Wilson. We all were ready for... Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers, and we did not get it. So that is disappointing. So a little bit of a bummer there. At five, West, you have Cooper Cup. He is currently wide receiver 55, but that okay. is an asterisk as well. He missed games. And also we have the emergence of Puka Nakua. Like it's it's 
what happened there? Like yeah. I, this, the wide receiver four they just flip flopped here. If you had asked me by week nine who would be wide receiver fifty five and who'd be wide receiver four, we would have that flipped around there. But Puka Nakua is up there at four. He has been awesome, and also he's been playing the entire time. So Cooper Cup had the injuries. Also has Puka Nakua who's come onto the scene, which we did not anticipate. At wide receiver four, Wes, you had Amon Ross St. Brown, and I was flabbergasted at this this placement whenever oh, yeah. we talked about it initially. He's currently wide receiver nine. I believe they've had their they're on their bye week right now, but uh, he has been injured. He missed a game as well, I believe. So um great stuff from Amon Ross St. Brown, though. I'm thrilled to have him on my fantasy teams where I have him. He's yeah, been absolutely awesome. Solid. No, yeah, no doubt about it. As your wide receiver three, West talked we had, enough either. No, nowhere near. Yeah, he definitely needs to be discussed more. At wide receiver three, we had Justin Jefferson, Wes. He's wide receiver 18. Uh, still, he's still a top still, 20 wide receiver. Uh, and he hasn't played loss. in a few games. So that's had some asterisks there. And obviously, it's going to be affected by Kirk Cousins being gone as well. So that is all good there. As your wide receiver two, Wes, you had Tyreek Hill. Those where I had him as well. Obviously, he is the wide receiver one and the number one scorer in all of fantasy football so up to this point in the season. He's been unbelievable. Very, very exciting yeah. stuff from Tyreek Hill this year. And as your wide receiver one, we had Jamar Chase, Wes. He's the wide receiver five right now. That I is cannot believe unbelievable. That's unbelievable. I looked at so it and I was like, bad. oh, my goodness. He was so bad to start the year. How is he wide receiver five? It's crazy stuff there. But listen, those are where we're at here. The current top 10 wide receivers are CD Lamb at 10, Amonra St. Brown at 9, Adam Thielen as the wide receiver 8, DJ Moore at wide receiver 7. Man, those two games really, really helped him out there. Those two games were yeah, incredible. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Wide receiver 6, Jamar Chase. Wide receiver 5, Keenan Allen. Wide receiver 4, Puka Nakua. Wide receiver three, Stefan Diggs. Who, I, who did you have him at eleven, Wes? Uh, I know he wasn't in that top ten. There on, on the eleven or yeah, twelve. So he was. Um, he was. He was eleven or twelve. But yeah. that was uh, again, as we mentioned last episode, why Josh Allen was barely in my top five and not in your top five. We thought this was going to be a much more conservative offense. We thought they were going to. Do, be more on the ground. They were going to be a little bit safer, and that is not yeah. the case. So, so I just thought Stefan Diggs was not going to get what he's doing now, and well, he still is, and he's he still winning is, yeah. leagues right now. Yeah, he's been Sheesh. awesome. Number two, AJ Brown, and the number one, Tyreek Hill. Those are the wide receivers. Wes, let's jump into my my tweet ends for the for the yeah. twenty twenty three season so far. Twitest ends of the season. And let me tell you something. You have a pretty good list because this was really tough oh, to predict and to uh, guess. Um, uh, it, it's pretty much who we thought it was going to be. But even still, it's just nice to see that at least we do know who the right tight ends are. So you thought going into the season, you were going to take a shot. You said Hayden Hurst of the Carolina Panthers. New team. New quarterback, rookie franchise yeah. player was going to be a nice safety net for him. Turns out that was Adam Thielen the whole time. Yeah. Hayden Hurst is not tied in 10. He's tied in 34 on the year. He had a great first yeah, game. He had got the first touchdown of Bryce Young's career, and that's all he's yeah. done since. The uh, aforementioned last night's 
Chigokonkwo is tight end 31. You thought he was going to be tight end 9 on the season. Yeah. That definitely did change with the the acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe Will Levis starts to uh, look towards the tight end more often. But, you know, is a, it, it's commendable to take a shot and to look at the way, you know, who's going to be 10th and 9th on the tight end position. Number 8 right. in the season you thought was going to be TJ Hawkinson. And that was because you thought it was going to be too many mouths to feed. You thought it was going to be yeah. too much of Justin Jefferson. And you were even higher than I was in Jordan Addison. You saw this happening. And it still turned out up to this point that Hawkinson got fed plenty. And also you did not predict that Justin Jefferson was going to be placed on injured reserve. So he's right. tight end two on the season instead of eighth where you had him. Going into the year, you thought David Njoku was going to be seventh. And, you know, he's tight end mm. 16. He's been doing pretty well lately. We said he was a for real candidate in our Fluka for real segment. So I wouldn't be surprised if he found his way in the top 10 by the end of the year. He's been playing well. Good choice. And I, I expect to see this pretty soon. Number six, big old whiff and an asterisk on this. You had Pat Fryermuth. This guy's been hurt oh. the entire season. I forgot he even played, man. It was just gone and nothing. And big, big miss, man. One of my favorite clips from our season was the Muth of yeah. And the we don't even get to talk Luth. about the Muth. He's not Luth at all. He's, he's bedridden. Anyway, <laughs> top five tight ends of the year. George Kittle was your tight end five. He's tight end five. You hit the money. Let's go, baby. The nail on the head. You're right there. And you had the exact reasoning, too, which was some massive weeks and some barely anything weeks. That seems to be the case yeah. right there. You thought tight end four would be Dallas Goddard, and it took some time for him to uh. get going, but he is in the top ten. He's tight end eight. So not yeah. there, but definitely playing as a top four tight end as of late. So mm -hmm. I think that's pretty good. This is uh, not going to stay tight end three. You thought Darren Waller was going to be right there. You thought he was going to be big, <sighs> huge. You were excited. I was excited too. I got hyped. I started drafting him everywhere else. And Tyrod Taylor managed to bring him into the top nine going into week nine, but that has obviously changed as he's about to be out for many, many weeks. So yeah, fun while it lasted, and it lasted yeah. basically two weeks. Anyway, top two, Mark Andrews, he had his number two. He's tight end four, playing great. And tight end one, surprise, it's Travis Kelsey. He's the tight end one on the season as well. You got that one correct. So Let's that's go. the top ten tight ends on the season. And here's the official list. couple of players that we did not mention here. Logan Thomas, Washington Commanders tight end is 10th. That guy. And old. I guess he had a good game and old. Uh, Cole Komet is 7th. Cole Komet. Yeah. Yeah, he had another really good game in that uh, DJ Moore, Justin Fields run. And the uh, 6th tight end that you did not name is Evan Ingram, who you thought yeah. was going to be very similar to the TJ Hawkinson situation. Too many mouths to feed. Well, we kind of thought Calvin Ridley was going to be really great. Yeah, after week and one, I felt great about that take. Yeah, and uh, and he's not uh, been great. Yeah. So, I mean, they are leading the division, so things are going okay for them there. Last but not least, the only other tight end you did not list is a top three tight end on the season. You want to take a guess? Uh, you got it. It's Laporta. It's Laporta. It's the Dude. rookie tight end. What a guy. Is, what a guy, because you and I, you you made the great 
just quick bold take in the middle of uh, our first preseason rankings of like, ain't no way rookies making top 10. They barely do anything. And wait till you see Dalton Kincaid end up in the top 10 as well. I was going to say, he's going to make his way in there as well. Yeah, he's going to make his way in there too. This is awesome. This is so cool. Yeah, Laporte has been great. Kincaid's on his way. The the times are changing. Watch out for these rookie tight ends, I guess. Man, this is exciting stuff. That is going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think of our rankings. Let us know. Did you have anyone playing Thursday night? Let us know if you're rolling out Daryl Henderson, if you're rolling out Ramondre Stevenson, or if you're bailing out on Devin Singletary in an RB1 role and Marquise Brown just has no spot in your lineup. Let us know who your studs and duds are for Week 9. We're excited to check them out. While you're down there, go ahead and subscribe, like, ring that bell. Make sure you make Tutty the Troll smile by following us on all our social medias below as well. We're going to have a grand old time with you next Tuesday for our Week 9 recap. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy. 4th and Troll Fantasy is a production of FQ Media and Selby Artistic Workshop. (laughs) 